Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Hi, and welcome to this episode of Shoplifting. Um, my name's Lucy, and I'm here with Peter Holmstrom. Is that how you say it? Peter that is, that's pretty good. Great. And um, we're just going to go through some records that he's liked, and you're playing tonight. At the Roundhouse, yeah. finally. Yeah. It took 23 years, but we're finally really? there. And you've never played there before? Never played there. So. Wow. Where have you played in London? Everywhere else. Really? Pretty much, yeah. Have you got any favorites? Um... Brixton was fun, just because it's giant. Yeah. Have you done that a couple of times? Did that twice, yeah. Um, The Astoria was great. It's a shame that's no longer here. Yeah. Um, Shepherd's Bush is good. Yeah. Shepherd's Bush is lovely. Yeah. It's just very regal. Mm -hmm. So it's just like... It's one that it looks great from the stage. Yeah. And it's just so... It just goes up and up and up. Mm -hmm. But Brixton's got that really nice, like... Ledge yeah. that's nice because mm-hmm. it was like an old cinema, wasn't yeah, or giant, yeah. giant cinema, yeah. And how long have you been in the UK now? Just a uh, matter of hours. Oh, god, yeah, how are you feeling? <laughs> uh, pretty wiped out, yeah. Do you <laughs> come here often? Um, we seem to, yeah. Uh, seems like once or twice a year almost, yeah, cool, yeah, because things really kicked off for the Danny Warhols here, really. yeah, is that right? Bef- yeah, before before the U.S., but kind of before anywhere else, it was here. And then, I don't know, lately it hasn't been, it's been bigger in Australia and maybe France than here, but it's still, yeah. still, it's still good. We still keep coming back. Yeah. And are you playing any other dates in the U.K.? No, just, just the one. Just this one. Yeah. Cool. We did a bunch last year, um, and... This tour we're on right now was actually supposed to have happened in the fall, but everybody got like freaked out by the three days at home between tours and decided just to push this whole thing back. Yeah. Do you like it on the road? I do, yeah. I don't have kids, though, so everybody else wants to be at home with their kids. Yeah. And I'm like, let's just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. And so do you live in Portland still? Yeah, still in Portland. Cool. How long have you lived there? Uh, kind of off and on since I was seven. It's so a long time, a, yeah. A long time. Cool. But I keep moving around and I always just end up coming back. I haven't been. What's it like there? Um, it's pretty nice. The weather's kind of like here, so not great. Yeah. But when it is great, it's really nice. It's not too hot. It's kind of perfect. And is there still like a massive music scene? There. Yeah, it's it's really diversified now and not as um bef- like when we started it's like there were just a few clubs to go to so everybody kind of knew everybody and that was pretty cool. Now it seems like it's very clicky and it just got a little too big so there's like there's enough of every kind of music so people don't really intermingle the way they used to. Yeah. Which is a shame. Do you still go to shows and stuff? Not as much. I guess when it becomes your life, you don't really... Yeah, it's kind of like the last thing I really want to do is go to another club when I get home from tour. Yeah. 
But I, I go see my friends' bands when they come through town or when they're playing, and um, every once in a while I branch out and listen to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so do you want to start with the first record that you pick? Yeah, well, I'll just start with this one, which I just saw right when I was um, uh, just coming to say tell you that I was done. Yeah. Um, it's the new Jonestown, which yeah. I haven't heard. I barely even knew it was existed. So it's I it's super exciting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got a long history with those guys, mm-hmm. and um, and Emil from uh, Serena Manish worked on this record. So, and he's a a really good friend. He's, um, yeah, one of my favorite people in the world. So it's cool. exciting that he's on that record too. Yeah, that's amazing. And like, do you still listen to them often, or is it? Yeah, really... absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was. You know, we we received a cassette of like a live show of theirs before we met them, mm-hmm. and um, just kind of have been fans ever since. It's like there was just music we related to, yeah. And especially in the early '90s when the that kind of thing really didn't exist anywhere. Yeah, definitely. Not the way it does now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I've. You know, sometimes he loses me with the musical direction, but at least he's trying new directions. Mm. And I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, this one is very different. Yeah, it's exciting. like It's quite, like, dubby in places. Perfect. Yeah, which <laughs> it seems like he's been leaning to over the last couple yeah. of records, but this one in particular is, like, it's really interesting, like, when we play it in the shop, people that buy, like, reggae and dub records come up to mm. the counter and I'm like what's this and, like, <laughs> and then you kind of say like it's the new um, Brian Jonestown record and then they're like, like oh okay cozy what? yeah <laughs> and then they kind of either buy it or they're just like oh I've heard about that and it's not why yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it's really good do you want to pick a song off it and introduce I have, it I honestly have n- no idea and I can't can barely read the back here um, <laughs> maybe one that just sounds good this is a track called UFO Paycheck off the new Brian Jonestown Massacre record.
You just heard UFO Paycheck by the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Do you listen to lots of stuff on the road, or is it kind of... Um, not really. Um, there's... It's it's a strange thing. Like, we've all got different music tastes. Um, Courtney doesn't like to listen to music, it seems. He's always, like, either, I don't know, either criticizing what we're playing or, I don't know. But it, it just makes it a little difficult to actually put something on and listen to it. Um, but Zia Zia's an amazing DJ, and she um, she's always got great taste in music. And um, We're always, like, you know, trading stuff. Like, yeah. Because just being older than her and then having, like, just grown up with different music, you know, I, I just got to turn her on to a whole bunch of, like, gothic and industrial music that I just sort of started revisiting. So um, that was super fun. Now she DJs that cool. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> does, where does she DJ, like, um, shows and stuff? Yeah, that? she's doing an after show. Um I honestly don't know where it is, though. It's, like, right across <laughs> the street from the Roundhouse, which could be probably a few different places. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she does a lot of after shows for us, um, and then um, she gets flown around to DJ. Yeah. She's, um, she's very entertaining. Because <laughs> you cool. never know what you're going to get from her. <laughs> it's all over the place. It can be, like, you know, like Latin American to African, to, like, you know, old country music. Yeah. Well, that's, like, the best quality of a DJ. Yeah. Yeah. To being able to do that. Cool. And then the next one you picked? Uh, I got Transformer by Lou Lou Reed because <laughs> um, it's a classic. Yeah. And not only that, but, you know, it's got Bowie and Mick Ronson on it. And when was the first time you heard it? I'm not sure. <laughs> it would have been a long time ago. Probably probably 80s. I think a, a really good friend of mine who's um we we grew up pretty much. I've no, it was like the long he's my longest friend. I've known him since uh second grade, which is I guess we were about 7, mm-hmm. I think. Um and we used to just scour Portland for records and um I don't think we didn't particularly like Lou Reed or in in the early 80s but his brother did so that's that's probably when i heard it yeah um and it wasn't until like pretty much a few years before we started the dandy warhols that sort of discovered the velvet underground and then went back to the lou reed records and all that and yeah cool. yeah and so did you hear this first before the velvet underground i think so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, cause I mean, I'd heard about the Velvet Underground, um, just cause a lot of, I think pretty much all my favorite bands in the eighties were fans of the Velvet Underground, but I just sort of never went back and discovered them on my own until, until much later. Yeah. But they're timeless really. So it's like, oh, absolutely. You yeah. Can do it at any age. I think they, they probably make more sense now than they did then. Yeah. It is quite a strange band to discover when you're a teenager. Yeah. Because it's just a bit much, and then uh-huh. you gradually are like, yeah, okay, I get yeah. it. <laughs> and is there a particular song that you really love off this record? Uh, Vicious. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that one in particular. I mean, Take a Walk on the Wild Side, of course, and Perfect Day are great, amazing songs. Uh, Vicious is the kind of... Uh, that was the one that... Um, the the first time I heard that, it, that I think was the reason I went and got this record. Yeah, cool. Uh, this is Vicious by Lou Reed off Transformer. just heard Vicious by Lou Reed. Great. You've got a good radio voice. Do I? <laughs> I can't stand my voice. <laughs> well, <clears throat> just don't listen to this back. Yeah, um, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And then, um, I grabbed uh, the new, or the new, it's not, well, the latest, the last David Bowie record, which is sad. Mm, very sad. Yeah. That one hit really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, li- I mean, I, when this came out, I listened to it a bunch just online. Um, 
and thought it was really cool. Yeah, it is brilliant, isn't it? It's just, yeah. It's still just, he's still just amazing. Yeah. And it's so weird that when you read all this stuff about how he knew mm. that he was gonna, like, gonna pass away and it makes the record so much more important, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, it's sort of so typically um, Bowie having like planned all that sort of or whatever orchestrated it in some way yeah to make it into a much greater thing yeah have you always been a Bowie fan yeah <laughs> that, Bowie was um kind of I guess when I first sort of I don't know started having grown up taste in music no well not grown up uh not child whatever teenage yeah yeah um as soon as I I heard Bowie, it's like I, he was probably the first person I ever bought every single record, like just everything I could find. Um, and then when it came out on CD, I had to go do it all over again. Um, and then <clears throat> because because he invited us on tour, um, on the reality tour, we did two months in Europe with him. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I watched every single sound check and every single show. So there is nobody that I will ever see as many times yeah. as I've seen Bowie. And yeah, that was one of the things that hit me when when he passed. It's like there's nobody else I really even care about that much. I mean, there's new bands I like, but there's nobody that's got that catalog that that means that much. Mm. Wow. Um, what did you all do when you got the call like you're going on tour with David Bowie. Um, I just kind of just didn't really believe it. It was, you know, it was, at a, <clears throat> it was kind of at that stage in our career, though, where everything was just a next step up. So it kind of made sense to us a little bit. Also, he had, um, we had done Glastonbury in 2000, and he that's when he headlined. And our tour manager didn't tell us till after we played that he had brought his whole band and watched us from side stage. And then we got all invited to, to watch him side stage. And then he came to a couple shows in New York, and, um, and then we did the Meltdown Festival here with him. So it, it kind of, there was a buildup to actually going on tour with him. Wow. So it wasn't completely a freak out. Yeah. But still, yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow. What it, was he like? I mean, he was he was very nice, and um, it was very easy to talk to. I think he he made it easy to talk to him um, somehow. I still don't really know how you do that. But yeah. um, but that's just when he had the time to to you know to spend most of it. He seemed he was really busy with taking care of stuff mm. you know we kind of didn't didn't bother him that much wow. yeah but still you know over two months there's always some interaction yeah it was really cool that's so brilliant i mean you're probably like a handful of people that have said they've seen him sound check so yeah i've seen some really special songs wow it's when he um there's i guess i can't remember what what magazine or newspaper or whatever really wants uh wanted Bowie to do the laughing gnome mm -hmm. um and so uh he was they ran it at soundcheck 
I've heard him do it. Wow. But then he didn't do it at the show. So for whatever reason, um, there's things like that. Then there was a sound check in Zurich, I think, that he he did uh, Ziggy. The first verse is Bob Dylan. The second is Elvis. And the third is Lou Reed. And it was just spot on. Wow. You know, it was pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. That's just like, it's like one of those things that if you could have told your like teenage self that you would do. Yeah. And I'm really happy that my wife was there and, and another good friend because it's one of those unbelievable ones that's like, did that happen or am I just making that up? Yeah. Did I dream it? Yeah. So, Mad. yeah. And do you have a favorite record of his? Um... Probably it's either Scary Monsters or Aladdin Sane. Um, I re- I love the uh, Mike Garson's piano on Aladdin Sane. It's it's one of the just coolest things. So that that's kind of why that record. But then I just I guess just my the when I grew up, you know, it's like Scary Monsters was was the coolest record I could possibly imagine. So yeah. Cool. I mean, have you heard what happens to this record when you put it in the sun? No. Okay, so it's like designed so that when you put you leave it in the sun, then like loads of stars come out on the sleeve. Oh God! I know. Of course. And like no, no one knew. And then it just took one guy who just like left his curtains open and had it Jeez. by the side. <laughs> It's just like brilliant. It just gets cooler. I know. <clears throat> and apparently there's more stuff, but no one's discovered right. it yet. Right. Yeah. Now people are going to like put it in the microwave, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But it's just so cool that it just took one guy just by accident, like leaving his curtains open. And now like the world's just like leaving all their records in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what happens when you spill beer on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that like, those Brixton shows must have been quite special as well if you're like a big Bowie fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Brixton shows were special for many other reasons. Yeah, I got I, I saw another favorite band of mine is Primal Scream, and I um on the Exterminator tour. I think we just happened to be in town, and Zia and I went to the all nighter that they had. <clears throat> um, yeah, we had a show the next day that suffered badly. <laughs> Um, but we had a great time. That was super fun. Yeah. I think they're starting to do more all-nighters at Brixton. I think yeah. it kind of got stopped, but they're bringing them back. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. And do you want to pick a song off this one? Um, here's Lazarus off of Black Star by Bowie.
heaven I've got scars that can't be seen I've got drama can't be stolen Everybody knows me now
just heard Lazarus by David Bowie. That's like one of the best stories I've ever heard. Hey, I've got a few more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get writing the memoirs or something. We're, we're working on that. <laughs> I think. We'll cool. See. Um, I saw this one. I had never never seen the the cover of this. Um, I'm really I'm friends with with these guys with Dead Meadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent me the this record like a digital f- format like before it came out, and so I foolishly never went and got the actual record. Cool. It's called Warble Womb, which kind of makes sense <laughs> for, with them. <laughs> <laughs> How did you meet those guys? Um, one of I think it was the guy that was managing them worked for our management for a short stint mm-hmm. and because of that I got sent one of their records um, and I loved it um, it was the Shivering King and other stories maybe I can't remember what the rest of the title <laughs> um, and it was just you know it, now it, it's one of those things where now it's like there seems to be lots of music kind of similar to what they were doing Um but back then, it was like the first time I'd heard, you know, that sort of slowed down, trippy take on Black Sabbath mm-hmm. to sort of, you know, try and describe what they do. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was really cool. Um, it was also made me step up my guitar game a little bit. I decided I needed to practice. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. And what's this record like? I haven't heard it. So um, like? honestly, I, I'm I haven't I didn't really listen to it much, probably because I didn't actually own it. Um, but um, yeah, I think it car- kind of carried on a l- their like what they were doing on um, Old Growth, the the previous record, where it was kind of less less trippy wah soloing. Um, and maybe a little more song oriented, um, which is is a cool thing for them to to do. It's still trippy as hell, but um, um, the songs became a little more concise, I guess, more, a little more structured, like uh, most bands, yeah, as opposed to just long meandering uh, explorations. <laughs> When did this record come out? Do you know? Is it? Uh, 2013. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Cool. I think. Wow. Yeah, they've done so much in their time. Yeah, and all the um, Jason's sort of his solo record and his uh, then he has a a project called Old Testament. Is maybe a little more Americana kind of direction leaning, um, but it still incredibly cool yeah and then i guess steve is doing a lot of like production so but hopefully they have a new record soon yeah i think they've got it finally settled with a new drummer oh i've never seen them play either if you like that kind of thing they're kind of the best at it yeah i think they're one of those bands that everyone is like you have to see once yeah even if it's like not your cup of tea it's just they they're a thing for sure yeah um yeah, and yeah, their their old drummer, 
think he's on this record too. Um, um, he was just phenomenal, and everybody they've had since that guy is not kind of is just not not the uh, the same kind of drummer. So it's that guy was really loose and sort of more not jazzy really, but but kind of had that that sort of feel, which really fit what they were doing. And everybody, everybody else has been a little bit more straight ahead rock drummer, and um, it works, but it's not quite as mind blowing. Mm. This is uh, "If Needs Must Be" by Dead Meadow. It's off of um, Old Growth. I think it's one of the coolest songs they've ever done.
You just heard If Needs Must Be by Dead Meadow. Do you play any other instruments other than guitar? Or you... <sighs> Not really. I mean, <laughs> I can poke around on like keyboards and synthesizers, but... Um, not in the same way that I know yeah. how to play guitar. When did you start playing? Um, my dad brought home a guitar when I was six, maybe. And because we had a neighbor who was a guitar maker. Um, and my dad asked that guy to go buy him a guitar. Like he said, here's a hundred bucks, whatever, the best, best guitar you can get for that. Um, and my dad learned a couple scales in a like a classical piece, just a bit of it, mm. and taught me that when I was like that young. Wow. Um, and then I took a few lessons when I was a few years later, but didn't really seriously start playing until um, high school. I was in a band, but but the Dandy Warhols is really the first like serious band I've had. Wow. Gosh. And. We started things really simple. <laughs> it's still pretty simple. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we've all sort of, like, grown into into what the band's become. Yeah. And have you got a new record coming out? Because are you still touring from the one? From the one last year, yeah. yeah. We have a new song out oh. um, that came out, like, a week ago or two weeks ago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's there's no other ones yet recorded. Yeah. We're we're working on that. Yeah, I mean, always working. Yeah, I mean, you tour so much that I guess it's. Yeah, we're actually we're gonna take a little bit of a break just so we can get some recording done and our writing really writing and recording done. Yeah. Um, but I've got a I've got a, my own record coming out oh, hopefully wow. soon. Still looking for a label. Cool. <laughs> um, but my record's done and I'll be like touring that. Wow. Soon, I hope. Yeah. What What's it like? Is this? Have you released solo records before? You've yeah, done, like, I did one record called. Um, my project's called Pete International Airport. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did did one record. Um, and got a band together. It fell apart. And said I'm never doing this again. And then all of a sudden, I've got a bunch of new songs and got to do something with them. Yeah. So, um, this time I kind of went the sort of massive attack approach where I got seven different people singing on on our record so that's super fun it's gonna be hard kind of hard to tour it but yeah or perform some of those songs but two of the singers are gonna are gonna be on on in the band so that's good cool and like male and male and female yeah wow um Lisa from Dark Horses um she sang on one um, Robert from Black Rebel sang on one, and Alex from Black Angels sang on one. Those guys I don't get because they're too busy. Yeah. But um, I've got a couple friends in New York that um, I've worked with in the past, and they're they sing on the two of them sing on five songs on the record. So I've got them. So that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, your friends are so many great bands. We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we took Black Rebel on their first tour, so yeah, I got to know them when they were little babies. Yeah, and who's on tour supporting you at the moment? Uh, Telegram. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. They're fantastic. Yeah, they are very good. They're they're one of those bands that like they go when they go on 
for you, you have to step up your game because they're like just so full of energy. Yeah. And Jordan is just like the best drummer. Yeah. But he's like great. you don't expect it at all. And then yeah. he's just like comes out and it's just like amazing. Yeah. They're all really great. Yeah. And Matt's like Welsh voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, you know, we don't we don't really understand that in the States. The 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 differences between, you know, the areas. But, oh yeah. But there is something to him for sure that, yeah. that I haven't really seen that that much yeah how did you meet those guys in the uk or in italy actually oh wow (laughs) we played a festival with with them and temples and the horrors and um we actually tried to get the temples on the the show tonight um but they're in the states and i don't think it would have worked out anyway yeah but that would have been a pretty legendary show yeah but uh, yeah, uh, Telegram. We took, we brought them over to the states in December, and they did a little short West Coast run with us, and we just get along really well. Yeah, they're super nice people. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, super friendly. Oh, that's a shame that Temples couldn't. Yeah. Do it with you. But they they're doing so well in America. They really seem to be, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of like, I understand it, but they America has so many like of that genre. of music bands that I don't like it's amazing that they're so yeah infused by temples and I don't I mean it's one of those you know, who knows why certain <laughs> bands work and others don't yeah it makes no sense to me yeah but they're brilliant it's great to see them doing so yeah. well it's just like insane yeah that was that was another band um I had a friend of mine in Minneapolis like started raving about them it, he kind of raves about everybody so I kind I forget what exactly it was, but there was something that clicked, and I've like listened to a song, um, and it just it was really cool to hear a record, you know, that sounded like their record, like the the first Temple's record. Mm. Um, didn't I mean? It sounded like a lot of things that I liked, um, and it like perfectly from that era. I was and I was really impressed to hear that they'd produced it themselves. Yeah. And, like in their basement or garage or bedroom or wherever. Like kind of pissed me off a little bit. <laughs> but you know, I I definitely admire like like people who can have that kind of vision and can follow it through. Yeah. I think cuz I mean, those guys have all been in different bands for a really long time and it's yeah. I think it's really nice to see them come together in one thing and they've mm-hmm. you know they've been on tour and they've recorded other albums but they kind of just got it right yeah for this one and this is definitely yeah and then i i haven't heard much of the new record um a couple songs um i saw they came through portland in october and i got to see them perform a few of the songs so I'm looking forward to hearing the whole record. Yeah. yeah. That's a shame you're missing them because you're here. And I know. Yeah, they were in Portland like th- four days ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the way. Yeah. It really is. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I miss all the good shows in Portland because I'm on tour. Yeah. Gosh. And so and there was, you said there was another one that we didn't have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Um, 
when we were on tour last year, uh, we were in Chicago, and I found out that a friend of mine was playing across town. Like he had sort of his this band that he had been in was kind of. I guess they get together every once in a while and do a show, and um, uh, it was the band is the Revolting Cox, mm-hmm. um, and they. So I, I actually we finished our show and I ran across town and, and made it in time to see their show and it just it reminded me of the music that I would like, you know, in high school and like just right out of high school was listening to a lot of the industrial sort of gothic stuff that mm-hmm. was I don't know that's what I was into then. Um, so it was just it took me back and um, I instantly after the show like on our tour bus started playing their songs for everybody and there was there was one in particular that just caught on um it's their cover of uh do you think i'm sexy <laughs> and the bass groove is just sick and it, it's it there's a it's a twist on it for sure and it but it's just i don't know it's it's pretty amazing yeah i have to check it out yeah it's <laughs> it's heavy and dark and sexy and funny as hell. Yeah. Um, This is Do You Think I'm Sexy by the Revolting Cox.
His heart's beating like a drum Cause at last he's got this girl home Relax, baby, now we're all alone just heard do you think i'm sexy by the revolting cox that's cool so like what are you how are you feeling about tonight and stuff uh a little nervous we're filming it too oh gosh uh in virtual reality which i don't i don't understand how is that even possible i don't know but it's something that kind of happened last minute too so it's just <laughs> like why are you just tossing all this extra pressure on a giant sold out london gig you know that's already enough pressure yeah um, oh god yeah that's i don't even understand have you used those like, no, goggles uh-uh. and stuff yet uh-uh. it's really weird yeah. i i don't really know if i like it that much but yeah i haven't heard anyone doing it with a show though yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's just i don't know it's Stuff like that just always seems to happen. <laughs> is that like one of your ideas? Or is Not like... my idea. No. <laughs> um, there was there was some there were there was a thing about that came up that we an email that went around like, do you want to sh- film the show? And we were like, yes. 
And then for some reason, I guess somebody just didn't follow through and that ended up going away. Mm. And so there was this mad scramble to try and get somebody to film it. And then it's all of a sudden it's virtual reality. So, okay. <laughs> that must be mad. Yeah. Is it quite weird being filmed? Can you like see them doing it? Yeah. It's like one more thing that kind of takes you out of your trip. Yeah. Um, you know, all of a sudden it's like you're aware that there's a camera there and you kind of maybe do some silly moves that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And instantly regret it. <laughs> but you've done it so many times. And yeah. It's still, it's like it takes you out of it. Like there's, I I mean, for me, it's like the perfect show is me not being aware of the audience or anything. It's just like being so in the moment that it's the, the music's the only thing. Hmm. Um. Uh, there's so many things that take you out of that. And, you know, camera's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I can't imagine it. I don't even like yeah. it. No. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, being uh, a little too self-aware. Yeah. But some people can do that, like, brilliantly. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, there's... I don't know. There's the performers... You know, or entertainers, I guess, that are so good at that. It's yeah. almost like they've been trained. Yeah. And we have none of that training. <laughs> Even as long as we've been doing this, we still, like, just can't handle some of that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's really nice to hear, though, rather than just, like, being like, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's never fine, believe me. <laughs> Have you seen any shows at the Roundhouse before? Um, I, yeah. Actually, my friend who's in the Revolting Cox, um, he was playing bass for Pucifer last oh, summer. Cool. Um, and I we just finished up a tour, and I was I stuck around in London for a few days and got to go see that. It was um, it was great. Yeah. It was it, I mean, it's such a great venue. Um, the show was a little silly, but. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's Mexican wrestling as a part of it. Oh so, wow! Yeah, it, on like whilst around part of part of the show, just on stage. So I mean, it's that's just I guess what this Maynard from Tool. That's just his side project where he gets to do things like that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, whatever works. Yeah. So, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna play all stuff from your whole catalog? Mm-hmm. Or kind of? Yeah. Or. Cool. Consciously trying to fit something from every record, <laughs> we forget every once in a while. Yeah, I realize we've gone two weeks without playing anything off the first record. <laughs> and is it all still there? Like, just you... no. It, you have to make it come back. Yeah, we've got. Um, we met the the specials at a a festival in Portugal, I think, and so we've been friends with their horn section, uh, and so they're going to play with us tonight. And then uh, the guy that used to play bass for Adam Ant plays flute with us every time we're in London. Wow. So we got that, too. That's so cool. How did you even discover that he played flute? <laughs> um, he showed up with a flute. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. I mean, stuff just happens. Yeah. We oh. try and we've, in the past, we've we've always tried to take advantage of... Um, just things we stumble across. There was like one time in Salt Lake City where we had a day off before the show and we ate at an Italian restaurant. 
and our server goes, would you like to hear some opera? And we're like, okay, sure. So she just, right there, just started wailing. Oh, my God. And we're like, can you come down to the show tomorrow? <laughs> and so, we, yeah, we did a freeform experimental something or other with her singing over it. Wow. And we played with didgeridoos in Australia, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's so cool. It's, it can be fun. It can be horrible, too. Yeah. I mean, as long as it goes right. At least you're adaptable. I try. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait for it tonight. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, yeah, thanks so much for coming Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, definitely. And good luck tonight. Rough Trade Radio. Spend more time engaging with exciting music and less time having to find it. Rough Trade Club Membership, available now via roughtrade.com forward slash membership. Thank you.